Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We hope that you guys enjoyed our holiday survival guide series. I know I personally loved it. Tiffany and I have both been in the nonprofit world for a very long time, so we get to interface with people at some of the more vulnerable points of their lives. And that does tend to be around the holiday season because we think about the past that we came from, we have memories, we have capacity to have lost someone or capacity to want to try something new. There's so many different things that are happening at the holidays and lots of body memories get triggered. And so we hope Mm -hmm. that this series was helpful for you. And I know, of course, my favorite, I don't know if this is true for you, Tiffany, but was with Drew Jackson. Oh, yes. Uh, the incredible poet. I thought it was the God Speaks Through Wombs. It is such a powerful um, interview. And I loved that we got to drop that right around Advent time. So I think that if you guys have not heard that episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to last week's because it is powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are times where nothing makes sense. But somehow the arts make sense, music makes sense, and poetry makes sense, and art makes sense. And I think that that was a wonderful reminder of how to lean into the mystery of the world around us. I really loved it. Ooh, language of the soul poetry is, don't you Mm -hmm. think? I just feel like captured so much of the angst and tension um, that so many of us feel this time of year. And I I, I just, and maybe this is too vulnerable right now, So, and I didn't tell you I was going to share this, but I think... One of the things that it really reminded me of is just to stay tender and open-handed because yeah. I think cynicism has set in for so many of us. For sure. And deconstruction has made its way into the mainstream and so many, and we talk about that obviously in that episode, and so mm-hmm. many of us, we're kind of wondering where to go from here. And yep. hope is really difficult. <laughs> yes. Hope is a lot of work to stay hopeful is, yes. is when you feel like you've taken two to the chest, when you feel like you're, the floor and ground has just crumbled under you. It can be really, really tricky to do that. And so just yeah. just his um, his earnest invis- invitation to explore the Advent story, but also to remind us that we can stay open to the mystery yeah. and stay curious, not not cynical, not certain, curious yep. mm-hmm. um, to who Jesus is, to what he's doing in our lives and to what life may bring. And I think... A lot of us are contemplating what 2022 is going to look like. That doesn't roll off the tongue as easy as I thought it would. <laughs> but we, we're all contemplating. Oh, also, you know, one of the Jetsons is born in 2022, you guys. No, so, no joke. I, gotta, I can't remember if it's the dad or somebody, but somebody's born in 2022. So it doesn't oh, roll man. off the tongue because it's like we're in the future, you guys. We are. The, the future is here. <laughs> when this airs, we'll be just a short 15 days away. Exactly. 15 days away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love I love that, Tiffany. I think that's so true. And hope is the thing that we have to hold on to. It's our anchor. And I think that that's what so many people are missing right now. And hope is can feel very intangible. But I think that, that without the anchor of people in your life, without the anchor of 
a rhythm of getting up, doing what you do throughout the day, creating rhythms of rest and replenishment and how to deal with disappointment and how to deal with the drudgery that can feel like the past couple of years, just the same thing. It's like Groundhog's Day. (laughs) I think that we have to, you know, hope is also not this you know, ethereal thing out there that you can never grasp. You know, it looks like the people who are in front of you. It looks like some rhythms that you create in your day-to-day life to keep you sane. It looks like, you know, some, some books that you're reading or some music that really speaks to you and things that you can kind of slide into and lean into so that you can recognize that hope is alive in your life. And I know I talked about this already, but you guys, like, don't underestimate the power of a good social media break. I mean, I've been off for six weeks and to be honest, I feel like a new human. I don't even know if I'm ever going to go back. And I really mean that. Um, I think that, you know, obviously I've had to do a lot of it for work and that's not true for everyone. So it might still feel fun and playful for a lot of people out there. And I love it's that. not for us, you guys. <laughs> it's yeah, really not. it's really not. It's not it's, it's not a refreshment. And um, so I've just been really thinking about, man, I feel more present in my life. I feel less anxious. <laughs> I feel less just of a lot of things. Exactly. Margin. And I think that, yes, and not feeling like I have an extra thing to respond to. <laughs> yeah, mm. It's like it's it's just been really great. Great. So maybe you could ask yourself, maybe it's not social media for you, but I think here at the end of the year, just asking yourself, what a, what would be a good thing for me to take a break from? I what would be that. a good thing for me to, to let go of? What would be a good thing for me to start again? What would be a good thing for me to begin? I think that those are some good questions to be asking right now because, you know, we, we have to manage all these difficult things we're dealing with so that we don't become a cynic, like you said, Tiffany. (laughs) It's too easy. It's too easy. Yeah, (laughs) it really, really is too easy. And I love how you said this isn't meta so much so that it's not practical. And I I just really want to camp on that for just a quick second because it just needed to be said, and you said it so perfectly, that we can ask ourselves in the morning, what does hope look like today? Yes. What What would hope do today? Where would hope lead me today? What would hope invite me to think or ponder or dream or forgive or celebrate today? I think that it's so practical, um, especially when you're in a season of waiting. You know, Advent is... It's the season of waiting, waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the one who would make all things right. And I think many of us find ourselves in that season, whether it's our health, our finances, Mm -hmm. relationships, Mm -hmm. uh, job, whatever whatever the case, uh, girl, church, you know, whatever the case may be. And this idea that we can wait and be hopeful and yeah. know that we can wake up and be like, okay, well, what is, what does one foot in front of the other look like today? Yeah. And totally. that is, that is just something we can remind ourselves when I feel like everything's falling around. I, I want to add on, uh, in addition to the social media break, I, um, I love NPR. If you know me in person, you know, I talk about NPR articles all the time. I'm like, Oh, I spread this on NPR. I'm that girl. You guys, I'm like, such a Pacific Northwest Indian girl quoting NPR. Like, it's just on brand. It's, it's, it is what it is, okay? And uh, and I would listen to Morning Update and, uh, excuse me, Morning Edition and read every night, every you know, everything. And it was just a, just a rhythm. I, I, I want to know what's going on in the world. And I had to limit it to three times a week because I realized, I was like, wow, I'm like just just providing myself this passive stress. So I'm still staying in the know because a lot of those articles on the homepage stay for two or three days, by the way. So then I'm still still in the know, but I'm giving myself, again, that mental margin just to to use it and direct that in in another direction. Like 
all that energy, that percentage of energy in my mental capacity for the day can now be leveraged for something else, yes. for someone else, yes. for in whatever investment I can make. So just, yeah. just I know we always talk about just what does it look like to be whole? And that's yep. been a through line and why though for the past o- over three years. Yep. But even now in this moment when everything's at a fever pitch, we encourage you to continue that journey. Yes. So beautiful. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. And today, one of the things that we wanted to talk to you guys about, and it might feel a little bit like a curveball, but I don't know, we've been having conversations with people, we've been thinking about this topic for a while. And that's kind of, it's it's a it's a big cluster of items that are all interconnected and related. And part of it is women's hormonal health. Part of that is body image. Part of that is, you know, how you're feeling throughout the day, the ups and the downs of stress cycles and relief cycles and what it looks like to heal and to grow. And so I know that that's a lot of words just to say that that's true for most women. We're not just like, hey, we can just fix this with X, Y, or Z. But I think most women I know are facing a significant amount of stress, have had some major body changes, have gone through some traumatic things, you know, maybe had a baby, maybe moved, perhaps lost a job, got a new job during COVID. I mean, there's so many things that have happened the last couple of years. And Getting older. I mean, there's so many beautiful things. Um, and we'll link to this episode from Cheryl Bridges Johns. But we did a podcast mm. with her over the summer last year where she actually mm-hmm. did talk about aging and specifically menopause because she wrote a book about this. But there were so many relatable things in there. So we'll link to that as well. We just thought yeah. it would be good to spend a little bit of time today talking about that, how all of these things affect us, our mood, our health, the way we see the world, the way we see ourselves, the way we see each other. Just thought it'd be a great conversation to have here at the holidays. And we know a large percentage of our listeners that we love and adore are between the ages of 25 and 55, and they are women. Yep. So this is something we are all going through together. Yep. I'm in my mid-30s. Ashley just celebrated the big 4-0. Mm-hmm. So we we are not just, my gosh, she's about to have another birthday. I take that back. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is what 2021 does to y'all. You just, you just roll still. through it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we're all we're all living in these bodies and these bodies yeah. that are changing and these bodies that can sometimes feel broken and like they fail us or like we don't know um, what to do. And sometimes they're giving us signals and warning signs and inviting us to nourish ourselves in ways that maybe we don't know yet. And so it's wise to know that when we talk about body image or uh, health, hormonal health, we are talking about something that we can't escape. This is our reality. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And I think it's one of those things that can feel like a little bit of a taboo topic because it touches so many other things. So if you're struggling with hormones, you may not even know it. You could just think, gosh, I stay dehydrated all the time. Like I can never hydrate myself no matter what, or my skin is extraordinarily dry, or man, I have a deep crash every single day at 3 p.m. Or, you know, my my psych- monthly cycle is really stressful around these days or that those days. And I think it's important to recognize that uh, we have physiological changes. And also don't forget that many of us stopped going to work for a while or stopped leaving the house a lot. And so the way you move your body has significantly changed over yes. the last couple of years. And all of this actually deeply impacts the way we move through the world. And I think it's important to think about what we can do about that, how to 
manage stress, how to think about rest, how to um, get help if you need help, and what that looks like depending on your economic bracket, because that mm -hmm. all matters here. We have Come a whole on. episode on, on this as well, you know, mm -hmm. the wellness versus self-care and, you know, how you basically have to be rich to take care of yourself. <laughs> Truly. If we can find it, we'll link to that one too. <laughs> it's in the archives, y'all. It is. That one's a deep <laughs> one, but it's a good one. It so yeah, good. it's just, I thought it would be good for us to talk about this stuff. And something we can all be mindful of as well is just the cultural influences of mm -hmm. what we eat, of what's normal in our culture, uh, yeah. even where we live in the States, but also our heritage and ethnicity, yes. um, what we might be predisposed to. I think that all starts to show up in the the second third of our life, <laughs> mm -hmm. whether we're ready for it or not. And I love what you said earlier, Ashley, about, you know, a lot of us, we have been home and we haven't moved yeah. the same way or we haven't had yeah. access to the same things. And that can really affect our self-esteem. Yeah. And that can really affect the way we see ourselves uh, emotionally, but also physically, our body image. And so just something to be mindful of. If things have changed, it doesn't mean you're wrong. I mean, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It just means that things have truly changed in this season of your life. Totally. And I think it, that's a nice coupling with, um, you know, culture around us, because we know that women are very often taught a standard of beauty, whether it's implicit or explicit, but most women I know have experienced both. And you're taught that if you look a certain way or you are a certain size, this, this equates to your value or your significance. Some people have journeyed far past that and have begun to cultivate a life and a rhythm where all bodies are welcome and normal. But I still think it's important to say because it, it lives in those recesses of our mind <laughs> and it can sometimes affect the way you think about yourself or even the goals that you set for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think that you know, having had an eating disorder in my late teens, early 20s, and I've been sober from that. It'll be almost 20 years next year, which is crazy. Amen. It's so awesome. But I think it's really important to to talk about the cultural influences because, yes, eating disorders or disordered eating, for example, can very often be rooted in things like control or trying to process pain or trying to process trauma, not wanting to hurt others. So starting to hurt yourself, starting to just look for ways that you can take some order into your life that feels like it has no order or find freedom maybe from overeating because you don't have freedom in other areas of your life or perhaps ignoring an issue that happened in your past, um, whether it was sexual abuse or something else. I think like all of this is present at the table as we talk about this. And all of this deeply impacts the way that you know we heal and what decisions we need to make next. And it can feel really, really overwhelming, but just as an encouragement to everybody, I think one of the first steps for me in healing from an eating disorder was recognizing that I couldn't do it all at once, that I was not just going to suddenly be well in a day, mm -hmm. <laughs> that I was not going to suddenly change everything about my life. And as someone who had tried to control my life that way for so long, that felt really tough because to let go of control that way felt like I was letting go of the only thing I had control over. And so I think it's important to think about like, okay, how is this influencing your life and how is it impacting your life? But can you boil it down to just one thing that you might want to do? And for me, letting of control was the first step. I couldn't decide like, hey, in six months, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. It was just like, you know what? Recovery takes what it takes. Healing takes what it takes. And I'm going to have to go through this process of not liking some things, maybe not even liking myself, maybe feeling uncomfortable with the choices and decisions that I'm going to make. But it's just going to be one little step at a time because otherwise you can feel really overwhelmed. And we encourage you too, if you have access to get to a doctor, you know, if you mm -hmm. 
um, need some hormonal health or you're recognizing, hey, I wonder if my thyroid's a little bit out of whack or actually I've noticed that I have um, some stuff going on in my ovaries or, you know, my periods are very unusual. Maybe I should get some help. Like if you have access, you have insurance or you're able to do it, we encourage you to also seek medical help. And if you don't, I encourage you to Google your local community healthcare, often free clinics that are able to help you. And a lot of crisis pregnancy centers nationwide are moving yes. to just become women's centers yeah. who can address some of these issues as well. Yes. And those are always free of charge. So just want to throw that out there, too, for those of us who um, might not have access to yes. the normal means of um, medical health. Yes. Options. Yeah. And I'm, I love that you said that, Tiffany, because I think that there can be a stigma around that, too. But we just like we want to just encourage you that, that how yeah. normal it is that most mm-hmm. people do not 100%. have the help that they need <laughs> like, yes, at all. You. It's most. just it's normal. And so many things for women that are additional, but on, honestly, are very primary. Like if your hormones mm-hmm. are out of whack or you're struggling with certain things, this is actually a, it affects everything you do. So it should be primary care, but it isn't. So even people with insurance have to pull out of pocket for some of this stuff. And mm-hmm. so you're not alone if that's you. There's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing to be ashamed of. (laughs) Yeah. I think, uh, can we move into talking about stress and how that plays a role in our body? I think, um, I'm a, I'm like a chronic stress eater. It's been a, it's been a big, uh, problem and issue in my life and realizing how much it, it has a hold on me and how much it's led to not only, um, a way of, again, control like you shared, um, mm-hmm. but also how I see myself and how stress can trigger eating, which can trigger feelings of being a failure mm-hmm. and what that's doing to my body when I am overeating or in, engaging in disordered eating or yo-yo diet, all those things that totally. so many of us can struggle with. Um, I think our bodies are great responders. They can tell us when something's off and tell us when something's wrong. And there's some of the therapy I've gone through for this issue. Um, it's just that I love how you you just even mentioned what's the one thing? What's the mm-hmm. one thing you can do next? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's helped me in this in this journey of of not all, uh, not I wouldn't say body image per se, but more le- more leaning on that disordered eating and affecting more hormones because I'm not nourishing myself yeah. is asking. Um, what is another way to respond to this stress? And that's mm-hmm. hard to do in the minute when you're when your emotions are running high and this is how you want to take care of yourself. And I just want to say sometimes eating to comfort yourself is okay. There totally. Is, there, yeah, that is okay right. as well. Yep. Because it is comforting. Yes. But when that becomes the way we cope yep. and when that becomes something that can throw our system off, then mm-hmm. we're getting into some waters where we really aren't caring for ourselves in the long run. So just being able to ask Where's the stress coming from Mm -hmm. and what's another way? Do we want to journal it out? Do we want to have some breath prayers? Do we want to go for a walk? Yep, go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Other ways to release that energy. And I feel Mm -hmm. like you've talked about this in the past. I want to say in the last six months on why, though, of how physical exercise has been a great release of um, pent up energy in you. And I'd never thought of energy in that way, maybe because I'm Enneagram three and that's not how we process. But it has been <laughs> huge for me. Instead of, instead of turning to eating, going for a walk, honestly, doing a plank, like nothing Absolutely. that costs money, nothing right. that I have to go do. Yes. I can just do without any yes. additional paraphernalia. Like I can just yep. stop and center myself 
and be kind to myself in that way. So that's just, again, this is so elementary, just one little way when those stressful responses come of how can I process this stress cycle? How can I get it through my body without turning to things that might be harmful in the long run to my mental health and to my body? Love that so much. I think that that has been so crucial um, for me too. I think that like if I don't get energy out of my body, like it will come out in a negative way. Um, and I am an internal processor. So for me, I, I, I turn inward. So I don't push everything outward. I turn it all in. And that can be really dangerous and send your fight flight you know, systems, getting them all out of whack. And then your adrenals are all out of mm-hmm, whack because yeah, you're just going yeah. up and down the the stress cycle instead of actually, com- you know, feeling the stress, completing the stress, moving on to something else, finding a way to, mm-hmm. to release it and let it go. Um, and so I think all of that is so important. And I think, you know, we're coming up here on January, in January, and I haven't done this in friggin', I don't know, 15 years, but I know that can often be a time where people set diet goals or set weight goals. And, you know, some of that is okay. Like I know that there are some people who have a genuine desire to get healthy or change that. and that's yeah. beautiful. We fully mm-hmm. support it. And at the same time, I just want to say to some of you who just feel like, man, I just have to do this because then I'll do this and then I'll feel like that or my life will be better because. And I think just getting yourself out of that rhythm of going, hey, a diet is really what's going to fix me. And, you know, um, losing this weight is really going to just fix everything about my life. And I think that that is rooted in something different than I just would love to be a healthier person. And so I just would encourage you. I remember letting go of diets completely and just deciding, you know, come hell or high water. I don't know what's going to happen to my body. I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I'm not going to diet. I'm just not going to do it. And I began to learn about how food can be energy and um, how it can fuel my body and how it can help me in my day and how it can help me, you know, process stress and how it can help me, you know, like Tiffany said, go out to a great dinner with friends and have an incredible meal like that all is nourishing and wonderful. And I think that we should be able to do those things without having a second thought about it without feeling guilty about it without going through a shame cycle afterward. And I think that dieting and when you see food as a way to alter your life, then I think that that is what can cause an undue amount of stress. And it's a burden that you put on yourself that it just doesn't work. And then you constantly keep yourself in a guilt and shame cycle. And guilt and shame cycles do not bring healing or encouragement or refreshment. You know, they bring discouragement and disillusionment and shame. And so I just want to encourage you guys to think about, like, what would it look like for you to just think through, man, I think I'd really love to hydrate myself more during the day. I'd really think it'd be great for me to try sitting down and having a meal at the end of the day you know like I just like what are the things for you that would help that would help you stop thinking that diets are going to change your whole life (laughs) and then it would help you process the actual stress that you have and find a way to actually deal with the conflicts that are in your life or deal with the the difficulties or deal with the disappointments that might be present and you just don't know what to do with them so yeah, I think that's oh, helpful too. Oh man, so well said. Okay, what a landmine. Because think about <laughs> it, every message since, you, since we were in high school reading Seventeen magazine mm-hmm. was, if you look like this, everything will be great in your life. For Emotionally, sure. relationally, yeah. um, financially, mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. We have been fed these messages since we were barely in middle school, y'all. Yeah, and, and I'm so now, younger. <laughs> Because our mom with kids on yes, yeah. with kids on YouTube too. Yeah. It's crazy out there. It's a crazy yeah. wild place to live. It is. Okay, so what we're saying, y'all, is instead of thinking, "Oh, I change the exterior," or try to have some sort of semblance of a control and guilt and shame myself into change, 
that will fix all my problems rather than doing the soul care required to excavate the problems that we've maybe been carrying around for years and all these stress cycles that we've been carrying around. So what a what a beautiful anti-diet. Honestly, I it just is. I'm I really anti hope completely by the way. This. <laughs> and you know what I am? I'm anti-diet and I'm pro mindfulness. Yeah. Because mindfulness invites us to listen to when our body is not doing so well. Yeah. But also mindfulness considers like, hey, how can I nourish myself physically? Like, yeah. do I need to eat that or maybe I need some carrots right now? <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe <laughs> I do need them french fries. I do need them french fries. Um, but mindfulness I think is is checking in with ourselves and checking in with our body and inviting that brain body connection. And when we do have something come up now, I'm thinking of more of the hormonal health stuff. When we do something come up, we're like, okay, I see that this has been an ongoing issue for me. I just in the last, I want to say year and a half have struggled with severe, severe, um, PMDD, which is, you know, those two weeks before your cycle where you are just, I I just have valleys, valleys to the point that I'm like, nothing's great. Everything's Mm. awful. Lord come for it. Like to the point that it's, it's debilitating and, and getting help for that and realizing, okay, something's off here. And what can I do to alter that? How can I eat differently during that time? Do I need more sleep during that time? And for me, it was even just a simple supplement from Target that's so, so inexpensive, but it it literally changed my life because <laughs> it's not right. fun to fear two weeks out of every month because totally. you know you'll go so, 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 so emotionally low and mentally low. Right. I love that. It's so good. And figuring out, you know, what can help you. I think that's why the professional help, if you can get it, is so important because they can help you kind of discover what's going on in your body. Um, and it really matters because this, this, the levels of stress that we carry are not good for us, you guys. And Come on, girl. Yeah. I don't want it to cause, you know, autoimmune diseases or, you know, um, make our bodies more susceptible to things like cancer because we are running at a pace that we weren't designed to run at or because we're carrying a level of unforgiveness that is really wreaking havoc on our life or because we're not listening to our bodies as Tiffany has articulated a few times during this conversation like it's so important your body is telling you a story (laughs) and and it it wants you to listen and I love my friend Jess Connolly says often your body is good and just Mm -hmm. to internalize what that means for your body to be good and I also want to say to you if you have have had a way of looking in the past that you're like, I want to go back to that. Is there a way that you could shake that down and let it go? (laughs) Come on. I think that it's the same as when we think to ourselves, my life was so much better, you know, five years ago. I wish that it was back to where it was. And then we spend all this time working to go backwards and to get back to where we were. And what that strips us of is the hope that we can find in reality and the presence that we find in God where we are and the hope that we can find in the future ahead of us. And so I encourage you, same with your body. If, If it's changing, let it change. If you are going through something different, if you're experiencing something different, it's all okay. Accept where you are because in acceptance, we find a level of love that is crucial for moving forward with your body, for understanding that it's good, for internalizing the idea that it's good, for making that a reality for yourself. And then to be able to give that away to the women around you, to be able to know that your body is good so that you're not the woman in the room who's judging other people's bodies. And you're not, you know, thinking to yourself, low key or high key, you know, this person is X, Y, or Z. And I, it's, it's one of my pet peeves with women. And I wish we would just stop it. 
that kind of like critique and judgment that we were taught, <laughs> we were, we inherited that from the world around us, or perhaps, perhaps from other women in our family or people in our lives or friends, you know, that we grew up with. But the reality is we need to be able to accept ourselves so that we can accept others. And what happens is we create safe space for for people and for us to be where we are. And when we know where we are, we can locate ourselves, then that can start the the very freeing, very healing process of change and transformation. But it's got to start there. So you got to love yourself and accept yourself where you are. Yes. Oh, so well said. And as you see the new year around the corner, we pray that you would tuck these thoughts and musings and ideas and vision inside of your planning and your dreaming and your scheming because you matter and your life is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And we are humbled and honored to be in your ears every week. And we're, we're in this journey with you. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.